Hello and welcome back for episode two of the Promotion on a Budget podcast. Now, this week we're not only with myself and Dukkha. Hello. Um, we have been joined by a special guest in the absence of Lewis. Uh, goes by the name of Tom and I'll let him introduce himself really quickly for you all. Hello, uh, I'm Tom. I'm a Watford fan. I've uh, been a season ticket holder for 10 years now. Thank you for having me. That's all right. It's, it's our pleasure to have Tom on board for this episode, um, where we will be going into our previews for the weekend fixtures, starting with tonight's game at Coventry. Um, once we kick off of that, we'll then look at basic team news and we'll give you our predictions just around up the podcast. Um, everything in this is going to be purely focused on the game weeks, which we'll look to bring in kind of as a week by week structure just going forward will allow us to create some multiple times a week content for you all. Um, so starting off with commentary against Bournemouth, the Friday night fixture. Ducker, I'll let you have this one. Well, obviously the first competitive match uh, between two clubs since uh, February 2013, where commentary actually won uh, 2-0 away from home. Um, yeah, both teams are high scoring at the moment in the league. Uh, Bournemouth have scored uh, more than 2.5 goals in, uh, in six or eight games. Uh, commentary have... Well, I don't really know what you've done here, Josh, but both teams are pretty much high scoring in their games. Basically, um, so in the majority of the games, I've written out the statistics. Yeah. In, in their last eight games for Bournemouth, this is in all competitions, including friendlies, um, how I've picked out my statistics, Bournemouth have scored basically three or more. So two and a half being three or more. Yeah. Same with Coventry, they've scored three or more goals in five of their last seven in all competitions. So that is the yeah, Carabao Cup that's what it meant. in the league, in friendlies. And in both of those teams' cases, it may span back into the Bournemouth's time in the Premier League and Coventry's time in League One. Um, well, yeah, both teams do have a tendency to concede. Obviously, in five out of seven for Coventry, uh, Coventry's games, both teams have scored. So it does mean they are quite an exciting team to watch. And obviously, in this division, the championship is full of excitement. Uh, and in six to eight of Bournemouth's games, both teams have scored. So both teams really are adding to that entertainment factor of the championship. So it will be a, a fairly interesting game, I think, between the two sides. Um, I think there's going to be plenty of goals. Uh, what can expect, Tom, what are your thoughts? Well, I think both teams do have um, high-quality attacking players. Our commentary have got, is it Matt, Matt Gordon? Yeah, yeah, Gordon, yeah. Um, Bournemouth have got this, um, the guy that scored last week, was it Dan Gemma? Dan Juno, yeah. Dan Juma. so they're both firing. So it will be interesting to see who gets the better out of that one in the attack. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting game. I mean, it's no surprise why the TV companies have picked up on this one. Um, two sides that have obviously um, moved into this division starting of this season. It's a very early meeting between the two. And, I mean, I would go as far to say that they've both not had horrific starts. They've both picked up um, results in games that would be considered quite crucial. Um, so I think going forward into this game, we are looking at a potentially really enthralling tie. Um, but knowing the championship, it could go one or two ways. Exactly. It's going to be amazing or it's going to be a nil-nil. Could, yeah. be, a, could be a complete ball <laughs> It's always the way. We've picked it up now, so it'll be a nil-nil paper. It's going to be a nil-nil. But yeah, I think, I think a few players to look out for, especially on commentary side, you obviously got Mac on, as you, uh, Callum O'Hare, mm-hmm. um, another player to watch out for. I do think commentary have got goals in them. Obviously, Sam McCallum, who has signed um, on loan from Norwich again. Um, so they've got players to look out for, even Bournemouth, like you said, Dan June Grunewald, who scored last week, um, even Dominic Solanke, who yeah. at this level could potentially be a very, very good striker. Should we have a look at the team news for this game? Yeah, we'll go down, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a scroll into the team news for the two sides. Now, going into this game, uh, Coventry skipper Liam Kelly is available for selection after picking up a knock on the open day, um, but Brandon Mason is out for six to eight weeks picking up an injury in training. Um, now, a painful one for me to have to analyse, and I'm now really regretting talking about this. Uh, Reading long-term target, Rodrigo Raquel May, announced, um, was announced as a signing for Bournemouth on loan from Atletico de Madrid yesterday to the, on a season-long loan, and there's a little clause um, to buy in there at the end. He's just signed a new deal with Atletico. He's been training and living in Reading for the last five weeks. He went on our pre-season tour. He's been on trial. We paid for his accommodation. Um, and what has seemed to have come out in the news as a third party 
block that deal did not go through and now I know Bournemouth fans have been absolutely ecstatic about securing that signing and I know Reading fans have been um, quite kind of rattled I'll say rattled because um, we expected him to have been a, almost a dead cert um, it was a deal that we thought with Keir Jabshin who's quite a big name in football he's made a big name for himself at the minute going on TalkSport and definitely made himself heard in what he thought um, being Rodrigo's manager and having a role of high importance at Reading Football Club um, it's a bit of an interesting one but I do think he'll go on to do good things at Bournemouth and I'm happy that he's got a deal, uh, he's got a move into English football he's a promising talent and to be honest he's someone that I can see playing in the Premier League one day um, it's a good, very very good move for him and a very good signing for Bournemouth um, and it kind of really echoes round how Reading fans didn't enjoy that one the problems that we have on wings um, and in terms of lack of players and lack of depth but right. we'll come on to our TVs we'll, later we'll move on to uh, so obviously Bournemouth are still still make calls on Stanislas Brooks and Travers a second choice goalkeeper um, so we'll move on to the next game Josh um, early Saturday kickoff for this one um, Norwich host Derby at Carrow Road so Derby are yet to lose in the um, last four meetings between the sides they've won two and drawn two um, however neither team has kept a clean sheet in the last four meetings so despite the fact that Derby have got two wins in the last four ties they haven't done it without conceding now if you pay that into testament of how they started this season they are conceding for fun. So again, this could look up to be a very, very tasty Saturday morning game. Um, Saturday morning, my apologies, it kicks off just after 12 o'clock if we're going to be particular. Um, but it, it's going to be one of them. And in 10 of the last 12 meetings between the two teams, um, both teams have scored. And that dates back to 2008. So we're looking over a span of about 12 years. Now, obviously, that's through Derby bouncing to the Premier League, Norwich going to the Premier League, where they won't have played twice, um, where it won't have averaged out over the years. But it's uh, one of those games where, again, we could see lots and lots of goals, or it may turn around to be an absolute stinker. Um, like I mentioned, Derby coming in on that losing streak of four and without a clean sheet in 12 matches in all competitions. Well, I'll give you another stat uh, for this one, especially for Norwich. Um, so obviously Norwich, you know... Why am I surprised that well, Dugger no. has another Norwich stat? Right. It's almost like no, Norwich this, fan. This, this is an interesting one, because you, you say Derby have been on a poor run. Yes, Norwich have got four points from now, which isn't horrific, but Norwich, in their last, I think, 15 competitive games, they've won one. But we need to bear in mind, you saying that you were a Premier League team last year. The majority of those games, you were coming up against Premier League opposition. Exactly, and but still putting it putting it in this respect, looking at how quality how the quality of the Premier League is, it seems to be increasing year by year. I mean, you look at some of the deals yeah, that have gone true. through the door um, at the start of last season. You compare them to this season. There is a lot of quality in the Premier League, and that's why that stat will have impacted yeah, you. But if you look at it in terms of the team morale, you know, winning one out of fifteen isn't. Great. I mean, in terms of team morale, and I know we've not got round to doing the league predictions yet, and they will come soon. Um, your confidence in your own team yes. shows that, and that will probably reflect in the players and in Farker and his management staff as to you believe you can come back down into this league and you think you can go for it again. By all means, I agree. I think you've got yeah. the firepower to do well this season. However, I don't think you should be reflecting on league um, games that are in the Premier League yeah, when you're coming up against it's teams still... such as Liverpool, who, let's face it, in the league last season, apart from Watford, they were absolutely unreal against pretty much every single team. Okay, we'll kind of give them a bit of leeway after the restart. They'd pretty much walk the league. But Watford were the only team to clearly, clearly dismantle that team last season. And I know, Tom, you had the time of your life. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that game. But look, that's the Premier League. That's not why we're here. We're yeah. here to talk right. about the Champions So, should we go on to the team news for this game? Team uh, so, news. with Norwich, uh, Placetta, the winger, Polish winger, one of the quickest players in the championship at the minute. Debatable. Uh, I mean, if you saw his pace. It's debatable. Yeah, there's a highlight of it. Um, but he's out. He's out injured. Uh, slight hamstring strain. Um, Godfrey is out due to a possible transfer to Everton, which will be a club record deal for Norwich. Uh, worth £26 million plus, I believe, £4 million. That's, that's pretty much a here we go, isn't it? That, for me, that's, 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 there's a here we go. I know there's a here we go. And for those of you who don't know what we're referencing to, the 
uh, I will call him a star-studded journalist from Brizio yeah, Romano, um, has the phrase, here we go. Now, I know we as... Um, what we like to do is we kind of like to banter around with each other and when a deal is done we will refer to that Fabrizio Romano phrase but yeah. um, as iconic as it seems to be coming over the so last So Godfrey years. is he's on here we go I mean the one, the one reason why he's on a here we go if you look in the Norwich City store his face on the mugs have been dropped from £7 to £3.50 Oh, it's confirmed. That's, that's, he's off. Deal yeah, done. Deal done. Off. No, no, but it is still done. It's been, it was accepted last night. I think it should be announced either today or over the weekend. Today is Friday currently, uh, just to let our viewers know. Um, other news, um, Skip and Aaron's all been, uh, Aaron's and Godfrey, who still currently is a Norwich player, have all been called up to the England 21 squad. And then going on to Derby. Um, so Martin Waghorn, Tom Lawrence and Christian Bielek are all out injured currently, so that's three key players that are out. Max Bird is back in contention after picking up a knock against Blackburn, um, and new signing Jordan Ibe is still unavailable due to match fitness. Do you think Derby will struggle with the amount of players they've, well, they've got out, they've got four key players, they're out, Ibe, Lawrence, Waghorn and Bilek. Uh, I don't think personally I would be too much of a big thing um, just for the fact that because he's a new player coming into the squad um, it shouldn't be too kind of dissettling for them um, in terms of Waghorn Lawrence and Bielek uh, Lawrence obviously is quite a key player but has proven um, that he can sometimes be a bit of a liability for Derby um, in the sense that there are times where he gets himself involved in, we'll call it the dark side of football, um, and can pick up suspensions. He obviously was um, notably involved in an incident that occurred last season. Um, so there are things with those players that kind of, I would, I would say there's probably enough depth in that Derby squad to cover it, so it's not too much of a concern. But, I mean, I don't know what you think about this, Tom. Um, I'm just not sure their performances of late have been woeful. So I'm not sure how much these injuries will impact that. I just think their morale is low and the injuries just aren't helping that. I think the rest of the team need to ensure they can just carry on the season without the players. So if the injuries are persistent, that they need to start picking up results. And I think morale has a massive impact on that. Right, shall I move on to uh, Swansea? versus Millwall. So the start of the three o'clock kickoffs now, we're slowly trudging our way through um, what was what's gonna be quite I think we will be quite an eventful start to the weekend. Um, but yeah, Ducker, what have you got? So obviously less than two point five goals in the last five five out of six meetings, uh, dating back to 2010, so obviously not a lot of goals in this fixture. And Mill always are known for being that sort of Brexit team, defensively strong. Um, but Swansea, they can score goals, as we all know. Uh, Andre Aryu, obviously, uh, very, very good player. Um, last got, season, got a lot of prolific yeah. goal scorers in that team, and they've proven time and time again they are lethal going forward. Um, and I think However, it's testament to them last um, last season. Yeah. Head to head, Mill won one nil away at the Liberty Stadium, and drew one one at the <coughs> Dens. So obviously, they've been unbeaten in the last uh, their last two uh, games against Mill last season, which is. Uh, against Swansea even so yeah. Millwall could, could potentially get a result in this game um, however Swansea haven't lost in three which is big I think yeah. um, brilliant for team morale and it's a good start of the season for them and Swansea have kept three clean sheets in the bounce and obviously like I said earlier Millwall being that sort of traditional Brexit side you know keeping clean sheets defensively strong and with Swansea Keeping three clean sheets on the trot. They're very be, robust. Yeah. And Swansea then really not going to let. Yeah, it could good be could be arise. a very dull game in front of goal sort of thing. I think both uh, defenders will cancel each other out sort of thing. That's fine. So perfect. We will now take you on to the team news. Tom, do you want to let us know what it's looking like for both the teams in this tie? Yeah. So for Swansea, um, that Denada yeah. um, is a doubt. He's got a stomach bug apparently. Um, that's a major miss for Swansea um, and Byers and Garrick are both out as well not sure why but both injuries are both, both injuries both injuries yeah okay uh, for Millwall Troy Power obviously the Spurs player um, unavailable after picking up a knock in midweek uh, as well as Ferguson he's back after recovering from a knock I don't know whether he'll be able to start but he is back in training so it'll be interesting to know whether they put him into starting ten. so just to kind of note there I think really there's no 
kind no, of major, major absentees, no, shall we no. say? So generically, they've got kind of a, full a strength, fairly yeah. full strength um, lineup to be able to completely go along ahead with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, as Swansea do try and keep intact that seven points that they've um, picked up so far. Obviously, the main notable thing of those seven points. Um, is that they have yet to concede in the league and they're one of the very few teams to have done so. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on then to the next three o'clock fixture, Blackburn Rovers are hosting at Cardiff. Blackburn free scoring in the championship and Cardiff, well, they've got off to quite been, a shaky start. It's been really inconsistent um, from Very inconsistent and picked up results in some games where they probably deserve to pick up the results, all credit to them, and you kind of need to look at um, the Neil Harris side and say, look, they are clear, they know what they're doing, but then they drop points in games where they really shouldn't have dropped points. Um, but I, you can't ignore the fact that Blackburn are unbe- unbeaten in the last three meetings between the two sides. They've won once, drawn twice. Um, however, um, in contrast to the current state of what Blackburn are doing, scoring fun, obviously we know and we mentioned that Adam Armstrong has scored five goals so far this season. Um, there have been three or less goals in the last eight meetings in, of, this, of these two teams. Um, so again, notoriously, this could be a game where it's kind of a very tight affair. Um, Cardiff are very solid at the back. Um, and could this now be Blackburn's biggest test to go yeah. free scoring could, as they have could been? That, could that Blackburn attack be nullified uh, over the weekend? However, both teams do like to score. Um, both teams have scored in six of the last eight meetings. And Blackburn have scored three or more goals in seven of their last nine games in all competitions. So this really game, this game could swing either way. Um, I do think Blackburn have got us to walk out their favourites. But Cardiff won't go down without a fight. I, um, I can really see them taking it to Blackburn and trying to make it as hard for them as possible. Well, yeah, you look at Cardiff, they've got quality players. You look at Lee Tomlin, Josh Murphy, uh, just players like that, really, that can really uh, influence the game. However, Cardiff have lost Callum Patterson, who's uh, left to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, no, I think um, be an interesting game. Obviously, with Blackburn... Going to their team news, uh, Armstrong and Johnson. So that's Adam Armstrong and Brady Johnson, who are the top the two top goal scorers in the league so far. Five goals for Armstrong, three goals for Johnson. So obviously they've got players who can score goals. And obviously they're still fit to play, um, which is kind of seems to be the key. That, that will be the, the key minute, for them. Is keeping, as, well, as it is logically with every single team in any footballing status, um, you want to keep your key players fit, you want to keep your goal scorers in that fine vein of form that they find themselves in and obviously these guys have started this season running um, but in terms of injuries there are a couple aren't there? Yeah, so you've got Rankin Castello, the fullback is out injured after picking up a knock versus Derby which is uh, then expected Ryan Niambe to return at right back. Uh, Sam Gallagher is fit after missing the start of the season and pre-season so that'd be a you know good focal point up front to have again. Um, and obviously with Cardiff, um, there's no really new injury news with them apart from Callum Patterson, who's left for Sheffield Wednesday during the week, which potentially could be a big loss. Obviously, he's been he's, such a big player for them, and he's yeah. a massive fan favourite. Um, interesting to see how it will affect them. Um, I'm just looking here at the notes that um, Duck has made. Oh, yeah, I've missed, missed um, one. Well, no, is that. No, that's what are we. Where are we at? We look. Yeah, that's Luton. That's Luton. That's yeah, Luton. that takes us right t- tied into the next one. And um, Tom, I'll give you the pleasure oh, thank you. of um, talking about the team that you beat last week in the derby game that you guys have for the first time in how many years was it that you've played? Them? Fourteen years since we last played them. I'll let you take the rein on this one. Okay. Well, Luton have got Wickham on Saturday at three o'clock, and Luton are unbeaten in their last three meetings. They won the last. Or they won two out of the last three and drew the other. Wickham haven't got a clean sheet uh, in this fixture for eight ties. Um, I think that spreads over a long period of time though, because obviously they haven't beaten them there. Um, both teams scoring in four out of five games between the two sides. So they're clearly defenses are struggling against each other. Um, both attacks seem to be quite potent. Um, Wickham have not have lost their last five and not scored in the last three. So going back to the previous stat, they're clearly not firing at the moment. Um, however, Luton haven't got a clean sheet in three games. Um, they look like they could concede a lot against us last weekend. 
Um, but they didn't. Uh, but Wickham haven't got a clean sheet in 10. So it really isn't looking like it's going to be a good game for the defences on Saturday. It could be an interesting game then. It could be quite entertaining. It could be. Um, but yeah, Wickham, no clean sheet and that's worrying. That, that I is. mean, you, three of those <laughs> games, yeah, yes, admittedly in the Championship, it's going to be difficult for them, but seven of those games were in League One. That's worrying. Yeah. If you're a club that's coming to the Championship... There's a few of those that will be considered pre-season as well. But okay, no, notably, they were one of the teams... I believe their goal difference at the end of the actual League was, One season was very, very light. I believe yeah. they only scored 19 goals from open play. They, I think are, it was they are the like set-piece specialists of League One last they season. They were a very... You look at the Wickham score when they were in League One, and it, most times out of 10, it would be 1-0. So just looking at the team who's going into this game um, and any kind of stats and facts that we've got for you. Uh, so for Luton, it could be Matty Pearson's 100th appearance for the club, um, which is obviously in any medium a very, very good feat. And I'm sure um, that will be recognised by the club. Uh, Reese Norrington Davis has had his Wales call up, which again, by any, um, as any football fan would um, go by. It's always nice when you see your players being rewarded with international call-ups, but by the same accord, you're always worried that they're going to then go and get injured. Um, but I think from a footballing fan's perspective, it was, is always nice over the international break that we have got coming up um, to just be able to see your players represented on an international stage. Uh, for Wickham, Gabe and Charles are both back from their suspensions. Um, obviously, picking up suspensions over the last couple of weeks. At the end of the day, it's one of those... Um, for Wickham where they are really struggling to keep people in the squad and obviously the suspensions really haven't helped and um, they've had injuries they've had all sorts kind of really hampering what would have been their kind of dream start to the championship and it's gone quite the opposite for them they've really struggled um, Uchi Ikpiazu could feature after coming back from his injury and similar to what Luton had it could be McCarthy's 100th appearance for the club um, obviously, long-term absentee, Adebayo Akinfenwa is still yet to feature for Wickham in the Championship, having had surgery at the end of the Well, I think for Wickham, it's important that they've got three players coming back from suspensions and injury. I think that could really help boost morale. Morale boost, yeah. Um, and obviously, Luton, as good of a start they had to the season, obviously they won two and have lost one. Um, you know, it, it's, it is an opportunity for Wickham, really. It really is an opportunity for them to... You know, start picking up points. Whether they will, I doubt it. But I think with three players back, there is more hope for them. Really, I think the um, the Watford game for Luton has knocked them a little bit. I know the manager was really disappointed with their performance, so he'll want a, a big boost, especially against a team like Wickham, who are really struggling at the moment. And I think there's no better way to try and pick a boost for your own team is when you have come up against a team that is struggling. Mm -hmm. um, and if they get back into that stride that they found um, after the restart last season, after they find that stride that they found so far this year, I think they'll kick on to really good things. Um, let's move on swiftly into the next um, three o'clock kickoff, which is Sheffield Wednesday against QPR. Ducker, would you like to take? Yeah, this John, one? Uh, QPR. So they've got no clean. They have a lot of clean sheet in the last four meetings between the two sides. Uh, more than two and well, three or more goals uh, in the last six uh, six meetings between two sides, which you know shows that this fixture could be uh, potentially a lot of goals in them. Uh, both teams have scored in the last six to eight games between, so it could be. A very evenly contested fixture. Um, both sides have been stagnated in the championship for a fair, fair few years now. Um, and yeah, but I think the main, the main thing to note with these two teams, especially for me, um, they do and they do have and have had the firepower of recent years to put a playoff charge in. They've just not they really. Just hit, and I think they've not hit the heights that they really should have. I think QPR's chance has been over the last few seasons when they've had Eze, when they've had Wells, Naki Wells, and when they've had John Hugo, especially last season, they've had that opportunity. They've not taken it. Sheffield Wednesday have been in the playoff finals, I think, well, a few times. been in the playoffs yeah. a lot. Yeah, um, yeah they, were in, um, they have qualified. They tend to fall. When Sheffield Wednesday do get the playoffs, they do tend to, unfortunately, fall at the hurdle of the semi-finals. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, it's quite clear that between the two sides, they have got the quality. Obviously, again, we're, ha we're going to have to hamper on about it. Sheffield Wednesday starts in the season on minus 12 points. It's one of those, th for them, that this season, 
is almost a let's try and stay in the league. Now, I know Sheffield Wednesday fans may not like hearing that, but I think any team that starts on a points deduction, you have to start with that mindset. Now, if you start high-flying, obviously your mindset can then change, but that's where, when you do get hit with a points deduction in any league, whether this be the Premier League, the Championship, League One or League Two, or even further down, you have got to go with a more narrow-minded, short-term approach to things. Um, but in terms of actual players, um, other than talking about generics of the team, specifically, um, Sheffield Wednesday have signed Callum Patterson from Cardiff and can make his debut. He's been assigned the number five shirt. And I, I think Patterson that's really game. interesting because he's been assigned the number five shirt, but he's a striker. He's played a striker, he's played a centre mid. He's a very, very unconventional yeah. footballer. Yeah, um, he's versatile. He's so. very, very versatile. And it's, it's a, I, I think it's a very, very solid sign. It's a very, very solid sign. Um, I mean, I'm saying. as much as we do poke fun in, like, well, I say poke fun, and um, we talk about a striker having a shirt number number five, it's not one of the strangest things we've seen in football. I mean, Aswaj did wear the number three. Wilfred Bonnie had the number two, and I mean... Rui Patricio wears the number 11. We, we've seen all sorts of things. Um, going on to QPR, uh, Macaulay Bond signed during the week um, from Charlton. Now, that kind of just bolsters their attacking options, obviously, notably, and we keep saying about it, they have lost Ebieze to Crystal Palace. Obviously, a very good move for him, um, and it's interesting to see how they may invest this money in the long term or whether they use this to clear up any outstanding debts they've got. Um, from obviously, I think they, um, I believe they might still be recovering from the um, kind of high spending years when they bought in players like Christopher Samba um, when they were up in the Premier League. What is almost a decade ago, I know they um, did find themselves teetering on financial trouble, and obviously, as every team has to be labelled with now with the COVID pandemic, um, finances can be very hit and miss. So it will be an interesting one to see in my opinion, what they do with the money that they've um, got for that deal. I don't know what you guys think in terms of um, QPR and potential signings. Um, they where need to invest that money. They need to, they need to sign a few more players, don't they? I think uh, I, I listened to a Mark Warburton interview um, earlier and he did say that he, want, he wants at least two to three more players through the yeah. door. And I think they need to be of championship quality. They really do. I think um, someone who can score goals, someone who can control a midfield, maybe a number 10 to replace Eze, but yeah. just... They, they are in need of championship quality players at the minute and high level championship quality. Um, they they need to stay up this season. They and it, well if they get the right players and they could push they could probably push for players. But at the minute, I think with the, yeah, I, I with the lots of players see, they've got, it's about staying up for them. I can't see QPR falling too far down. Um, I think it's just going to be one of them that they they'll want to try and avoid yeah. hitting mid table mediocrity. I think um, that's going to happen as for as most mid teams that finish mid table would love to avoid. But I think the ultimate goal is for any team that is not really pushing for playoffs or automatics as they should do, and um, it's obviously to avoid the drop. QPR, I don't think are going to drop down anytime soon. Um, so they kind of need to bolster themselves up to be able to push on and really hit the heights of challenging right. for the playoffs. Well, shall I move on then? Um, I'm just going to let you two take that. Yeah, we'll take this one. So, two high-flying teams, Reading and Watford, um, Reading hosting Watford at the Majeski Stadium for the first time since 2018 when the two clubs met in the EFL Cup, where Watford ran out winners in that game. Um, I definitely was not at that game, and Tom definitely was not at that game. It's not like we go to games. We no, we support our team. We were both at the game. We didn't know each other at the time, and that's the beauty of football. Um, you really that's enjoyed. Nice. You, you really enjoyed that game. I mean, I, we can't. This the issue. The issue with Reading and Watford being that you're a much better team on paper on than paper, Reading. Yeah. Um, you've obviously not played us in the league since March 2015. Um, in that game, I believe you actually beat us 4-1. Um, yes. That was, you absolutely wiped the floor with us. Have you ever beaten Reading 7-1? No, you haven't. No, we haven't. I have no roots. Yeah. I wondered what you mean. Have you conceded a goal in the 97th minute in the league where you're, uh, in the season where you're meant to absolutely walk the league? I don't think so. Let's not go there and let's not take digs at each other. Um, <laughs> okay. Because let's face it, I'm going to get absolutely trounced by both of you. Um, Watford has scored seven goals in the last three meetings between the clubs. Um, but I think we can't really avoid the fact that Watford are unbeaten so far in the league. Reading obviously being 100% in the league. But I think the main stat to pick up on, Watford are yet to concede. Again, similar to Swansea. It 
does have potential to be a very good game. But like I say, on paper, Watford are the better side. Um, I'm going to have to admit that. I don't think anyone could disagree with me on that. If you look at the quality of players they have, um, you've got to look at the fact that they've got Ben Foster in goal. They've got Ismail Asar, who's obviously who's been kind of linked with a seven-digit deal away from the club for most of the summer. I think we'll do a very good job to keep hold of him, and it does look like you're going to do the same. Obviously, we are coming up to the end of the international transfer window. Domestics being able to carry on for a little bit longer, um, but I think realistically. It's it's going to be one of those games, I think, for me, where I'm going to have a lot of frustration. You're probably going to get a lot of joy. Yeah, Ducker's going to get a lot of joy watching <laughs> both the reactions. Um, and that's if, that's, that's as, long as, we beat, as long as we beat Derby. That's, that, that'll be, I wouldn't care what happens in the game. But, um, no, well, it's going to be a highly contested game. I think the main point to see here is, like you say, Watford haven't conceded. But the thing is, Reading have been so strong this season. Obviously, you're beating Cardiff. Uh, in the last match in Cardiff aren't they're no, they're no mugs they're a very very good side at this level they set up well exactly I mean, so to, to score two goals against them and you score two goals against Derby who again are no mugs yes they've had a poor start but they're a very good championship side so it's going to be highly contested obviously I think will the will you know I've seen a stat um, nil nil sort of that's what I'm thinking oh, Tom, Tom, Tom's seen a stat I, I saw a right, stat gonna, Tom's stat attack what um, are you saying I've seen for this season we have like Conceded the least amount of shots on target in the league by a good, I think it's four. We've only had four, five shots on target against us all season, and I think three of them were in the very first game. So against Luton and Sheffield Wednesday, we've only had two shots on target. I think that res- shows resilience in defence, which is exactly what our manager wanted when he came in. Well, I mean, this this is kind of the battle of the Serbs. Um, two new managers coming into the club. Um, each club respectively um, I know your manager has come in kind of a bit more expectedly than the situation with Reading's management um, nonetheless both of them have had very solid starts to their time in English football um, and like you said he, your manager's come in with a goal and he's so far achieving it yep. um, but tying into your um, little snatches here I'll bring on to a bit of team news um, obviously in Reading's last game against Cardiff we had three players going off injured so all three of our substitutions were used on injuries that is Lucas Jow our firing striker who is he very ball? very solid now the interesting one with Lucas Jow so he dislocated a shoulder against Cardiff um, earlier in the week it looked like he was going to be a dead cert not to play he's been um, Velkia Panovic medically advised not to include Luke Jow in any of his plans for this game. Um, however, he has recovered impeccably, um, which is full credit to Luke Jow. Um, and, and full credit to full credit, full credit to everyone who's managed to get him back to fitness. Um, he is still going to be a last-minute decision, um, and again, it will be a risk. Because, but I think he's such um, a key player. I think you expect him to play now. It's it's an interesting one because especially we've got to bear in mind now we're going into the international break. But we did that lot. Um, we did that after the restart with Luke Jow. We brought him back from injury too quickly. He injured himself again and was out for the rest of the season. So with him, he we need to wrap him in bubble wrap because he is our goals. He is our main firepower. Um, also went off in that game with Yaku Meite, who is another part of our firepower. So again, this is really looking good for you here, Tom. Um, me you. saying that um, if these guys aren't fit, I'm hoping Meite is fit to play because what looked like at the time was an ankle injury turned out, I believe, to be just a bit of cramp. Um, maybe that he can't start the game, we don't know. Um, however, obviously we now have long-term absentees in Felipe Arrunia and Andy Yeardom, our two main right-back options. Um, Andy Yeardom being potentially quite a long-term one and Arrunia having caused damage to his medial collateral ligament and um, potentially being out for a couple of months. And unfortunate um, long-term, mid-to-long-term absentee John Swift um, who has done some damage up to his hamstring and may have to go for specialist treatment. So we're without quite a lot of threatening players, potentially. Um, what have you got in terms of your team? Um, I think in total we've got about 10 uh, injuries. Uh, obviously, the major ones are Troy Dini, who came back for about 5-10 minutes against Luton. Um, started a fight and he's somehow got injured again so he's, he's not available I mean let's, let's just stop on that <laughs> Troy Dini's come back for 5 minutes started a fight in a derby 
You must absolutely love the man. Yeah, yeah. Well, is that, is that the single reason why he was brought back into the squad? He probably I'm, wasn't fit to play. They probably yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they brought him back specifically just to play in the derby because he hasn't played in the derby and he's been in for ten years. So That's we, we brought him on to like see out the game, obviously just rough them up a little bit, and it, it was worked. Start fighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Getting their heads. Um, and obviously. So he's out, we've got Etienne Caput, who's apparently out injured, but there's rumours of him wanting to transfer away. Um, How much does that hurt? Because you're a big Etienne Caput fan. I am a fan. massive Etienne Caput fan, I'm sure every Watford fan listening is. Um, so it'll be a huge miss. But we're currently playing without him, and we're playing well in midfield, and midfield is currently very strong. Um, but we'll still be heartbroken if he leaves. Um, it was the same, same as when um, Adelaide like Cora left, he yeah. was a very big asset of the um, club. Team. But we seem to have adapted to life about him, and that's exactly what we needed because obviously such a big I player. Mean, players, players that were in the under twenty threes last season, doing as keener. I think yeah. the main one that I'm going to say to you, yeah. obviously having been to some under twenty three matches of Watford with Tom last year, um, you've got a lot of quality potential yes. to bring up, which is why maybe it's not too bad that you've lost Decore and, and potentially could lose Kapu. But going into the team, like you've said you've got the quality that's replaced them and you've actually uncovered some decent talent this year. I think um, Semma, where's, it, where's he come from? Uh, we had him last year and he like wasn't played in a proper, like, his perfect position. Uh, so obviously we sent him out on loan to our B team in Udinese. Uh, he played left wing back all season and he's come back and he's shone. He's, he's really made left wing back his own position and um, playing very well in the last two games. So what, obviously, you look at your wingers, Yep. And you have some insane quality there. So obviously you've got Delefeu, is he out injured still? He's still injured for another few weeks. Is yeah. he gonna be is he staying? I think Well I mean I think it'd be hard to get rid of him if he's injured. Yeah, yeah but at the same time you He's such a good player. He's, he's too good he's, for the championship. He's way too good for the championship, but I think the injury was such a big injury and obviously he is a little bit injury prone recently he has been. I just don't think teams are particularly interested about him at the moment. But if you keep holding him, that's massive. If we keep holding him, he is an absolute... Like, He'll tear the heart. Yeah. And he's my other side, is he staying as well? As... Uh, yeah, obviously he's had moves linked to Liverpool, Russia Dortmund, Man United recently. But they've all just come out, and Fabrizio Romano has just said it's not progressing. So it's looking good it's so far. positive. So I think looking into that one, it could be quite an interesting game. Both teams obviously missing quite notable players all in all. Um, let's get moving and yeah, let's move on to Middlesbrough Derby. Ducker, what Middles- are we on? Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough Barnsley. Yeah, Barnsley Derby. I, okay, that's an absolute mare on my half. I right, anyway, can't uh, read, apparently. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get hey. on to it. So, uh, Barnsley, not Derby, won uh, the meeting between the, uh, between the two, 2-0 away from home in the second round of this year's EFL Cup. Um, neither team have won yet this year, which is a big stat. Obviously, uh, one team wins this game, so it's be massive. Uh, Barnsley yet to score this season. Again, that's a, that's a huge stat. stat. And Barnsley, less, uh, sorry, Middlesbrough have, uh, well, both teams have uh, scored less than, um, well, so it's well less, less than three goals in four of Middlesbrough's last five, and less than three goals have been scored in five of Barnsley's last six games. Right, this so absolutely this, screams a nil-nil. This absolutely reeks of a nil-nil. Job. I mean, we'll get we'll get down to what I know, but you just, look, you just look at the two teams that, like Barnsley, are yet to score. Yeah. They're not going to be exactly potent in front of goal. Middlesbrough always have been a Brexit side with Neil Warnock at the helm. This is going to be no different, is it? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you just you see it's a very, very yeah, dull game. That's don't help exactly. either team out, really. Saying that now, it's going to be like a 4-4 draw. Um, but, yeah. So, I'll really take, quickly take us through the injury news for this game. Um, and kind of notable team news. There's not too much that we've got. Ashley Fletcher could be back to feature after picking a knock against Bournemouth um, in game week two. Grant Hall is still out with an injury um, and Barnsley have got no notable changes. Um, I believe the players that they had that were suspended against Reading when they received two red cards are both now back um, from those suspensions. I may be wrong. I, don't I know one of, them, one of them was a second yellow and one of them was a straight red, but I believe they were only both one-game suspensions um, when it came down to it. So they should pretty much be back yeah. to where they want to we're be on to in terms game. of team news. Let us move on. Tom, do you want to go go ahead with the next one? Yeah, so we've got Nottingham Forest versus Bristol City. Uh, there's been less than 
two and a half goals in five out of their last five meetings. Um, last season, Nottingham Forest came out on, on top um, with one win and one draw. Um, Forest haven't won in ten, and they've lost six on the bounce. That's that a, is huge. That's a very big stat there. Uh, and again, no clean sheet for Nottingham Forest in their last ten games. What do we make of that? Well, Forest have got to be on the one of the, probably on the worst form of the championship at the minute. Yeah. They je- like, no, no wins in ten and losing six on the bounce for such a big club in a championship. And the way how they lost the playoffs last season was yeah. just. I mean, I know, again, I can't really relate this one into you because you guys won't have necessarily seen Nottingham Forest play live last season unless, did you? Did either of you guys get them in the cup? Oh, I went with you to Reading. You came, yeah, I know you came with me to the away game um, when we went to um, Nottingham for that evening fixture. That was nice and fun, wasn't it, that well, one? The last time I saw Forest but was when they were Nottingham Forest, I'm... What I noticed last season, again, I'm, I can only talk off of personal experience here, they have a tendency to throw away a lead. Now, I know we can potentially say this season they might not even be getting themselves in the lead for the fact that their goal-scoring record is absolutely atrocious and we can't ignore that. Um, but I, don't re- I can't really see what's going wrong at that club because they've got so many good players. I mean, yeah. I know obviously they had um, the, guy, um, the Portuguese guy, Alfa Semedo, was on loan and yeah. last year they've not managed to renew that loan deal as I'm of yet. I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, I think this is the thing with any team when you get loan deals in and then you start so poorly um, you're not going to you're not teams attractive always, you know, yeah, teams always do risk losing out on players then renewing loan deals I know um, Benfica are looking at loaning Alfa Semedo back out but he doesn't look likely to be going back to Nottingham it's a really interesting one for me um, to see what might happen for this one but obviously Bristol again we can't ignore the fact that they are um, joint top of the league with Reading um, obviously with that 100% record it's going to be a very interesting one going forward I think um, let's have a look Sorry, with, well, team news with Forrest I think it's a big one this, today it's happened Albert Adoma has departed uh, by mutual consent that and is absolutely if we're talking search. about what's going wrong at the club uh, there could be something there if there's been a, you know if there's if the manager's lost the dressing room, which could well be, if a player's just departed by mutual consent, you've really got to look into that. And a big player like Albert Adoma, I mean, you've got to look into it. He's, one of, he's probably been one of the best wingers in the championship over the past decade. He's yeah. played for Villa, Forest. He's a, he's a very well known name on the scene. Exactly. Put it um, and to leave even by Middlesbrough. Consent as well, that's a, it's a weird way of going out. Such and, a uh, well, injury news. Uh, Tiago Silva not the Tiago Silva Silva. this this Tiago Silva is an attacking player and doesn't like to gift Crystal Palace the chance to um, run through not um, well when they look sorry I'll I'll restart that one because that was a really poorly executed joke doesn't a a Crystal Palace looking Chelsea to um, let West Brom run through and concede um, that was a really poorly executed job. Yeah, good one, Josh, mate. <laughs> I'm going to... You'll yeah. get it next time, don't worry. Maybe um, next time. Maybe next but, time. But uh, Joe Worrell and uh, Bacheru uh, are all still out injured. Um, so they are missing a few players. And obviously, with Albert Adoma leaving, it doesn't really help. And with Bristol City, the only team who's really is um, uh, youth player. Well, not youth player, but one of their own. Young young prospect Zach Viner has signed a new contract. Considering I'm really struggling to speak at the minute, I'm going to let you two take Rotherham Huddersfield, which um, I think could be just on these stats that you're about to go through, could be quite an interesting matchup. Yeah. Um, okay. So Rotherham Huddersfield, Huddersfield have won the last three meetings and are undefeated in the last five. They've won the last four and drawn one. Um, neither team have a clean sheet um, in the last four or five for Huddersfield and Rotherham, respectively. Uh, but both teams have scored in the last four out of five meetings. Look what we're saying. See, I think this is a really interesting one because I do have a soft spot for Rotherham, and I think what Paul Warren has done at that club is quite, quite really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. And I think. They've become a yo-yo club between League One and the Championship now. And what I think yeah, Paul I mean, Warren is—we mentioned that in episode one, yeah. didn't we? we um, I know we touched on that a little bit. So he's trying. He's, it could be. It's, he's a real opportunity for Robin to pick up points because obviously Paul Warren doesn't want to turn them into that yo-yo club. He wants to get a stable. Mm-hmm. He wants to get that Championship club status with them. Um, and against the Huddersfield, there's not really a better club to do it against. Obviously, Huddersfield have recently lost three 0 to Brentford. I know, and um, and they did beat Forest one uh, 0 in the last game week so they're going on a 
they're on a bit of an inconsistent start. They've lost two, one, one. Um, and I mean, like we like we kind of touched on in episode one, Huddersfield haven't got an awful team. I mean, um, Tom, I know you will have um, got memories of them playing against yeah. them in the Premier League from recent years. Yeah. I know you will as well, Duncan. Yeah, um, I'm not in the Premier League in the Championship. Well. I know, but we're talking like when when they were in the Premier League. Obviously, you faced up to them as a Premier yeah, League outfit yeah. um, in Watford. Now they're not quite the same club now, but um, there's what, still players in there. Though. I mean, I mean yeah, you got, if you look at if you look at this team news, just, if you want to take us just through the Huddersfield team news, and um, we can kind of well, Naby Sarr, the new signing, is some contentious. I think it's big, but Christopher Schindler. You know, the centre half that won them promotion yeah, to the okay. Premier League. Moving on quickly. Who did he score the penalty against in the playoffs? <sighs> I think it might have been be Reading. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Josh. Do you want to take five and cry? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'll just remind you that we are currently on the technicality top of the league. Um, You've played three games, mate. Calm down. It, it's quite amusing because I'm going to keep winding Ducker up about that. But it's well, we'll carry on. Uh, Jonathan Hogg, so. uh, Schindler and Jonathan Hogg will uh, both be late calls um, after both picking up knocks. Um, and with Rotherham, um, no, Josh, gonna just uh, we, we, Ro- we, we went through Rotherham. Well, yeah, Barlaze has returned to Rotherham. That's about it. Not, not, not a lot going on. Not at a lot. Big player for him, actually. Big player. Um, let us move on quickly to the Sunday games. And once we've done the Sunday games, obviously we'll blitz through some predictions yep. and then see how we can, um, how we think this weekend's going to pan out. And then we'll be wrapping up the episode. So. Nice and quickly into Brentford against Preston being the earlier of the two games on the Sunday. Uh, last season, both teams won their respective home ties and kept clean sheet in those wins, which I think for me is quite interesting because it shows that last season uh, they were good enough to beat each other, they were good enough to score past each other, but they could only do it in front of their own fans. Mm. Um, obviously, this game, they made that they're same, not going they they to have fans at this game. But still, so, I think they can make their... Obviously, last season they made their own grounds, their homes, their fortresses. That's what they've done. This season, like you say, without fans, going to be very, very, very different. Um, and it could see, you know, obviously Brentford at home, you could see them slipping a few goals in, especially uh, with pressing North End's attack. Um, I mean, if we ignore Brentford's um, cup run, obviously, as people may or may not have picked up, Brentford are through to the quarterfinals of Carabao Cup after a resounding 3-0 victory against rivals Fulham. Um, shame they couldn't do that in the mm, playoff yeah. final because, I mean, realistically, I backed them to be the team to go up, but um, well, we, we, can, we, can, we can dwell on that one another time. But Brentford haven't exactly had... They've not exactly had a studded start no. for the season. They've, um, no, there are four points in the league out of a possible so nine. But Preston, who realistically... Were pressing um, for a playoff spot at, at points last season. They're all one from from their opening nine. They've not kept a clean sheet since their four nil big four um, nil big. Well, I say big four nil win against Mansfield Town at home in the Carabao Cup. That game was played at the end of August. Yeah. So they've not kept a clean sheet in about a month well, it's well just, a month. just over a month now we're talking about oh yeah just five, over talking about yeah, five, yeah, we talking are, about yeah. five weeks now any team you kind of got to look at that and alarm bells will begin to ring um, and I kind of guess it pays testament into why they're only one point from their opening nine um, I mean we, we talked about the Barcusian incident last week believe he's still out yeah and if you haven't seen um, we've actually uploaded that little debate onto the YouTube channel so, which will be linked down um, in the video in the description if you are listening to this on Spotify it, the um, link will be in the description on Spotify I'll make sure of it uh, to our YouTube channel so go check out there and our socials will be in the link in the Spotify and on YouTube hi um, the links will also be there for everything so Spotify Twitter Instagram um, just if we blitz quickly into team news David Raya um, obviously the goalkeeper for Brentford the Spaniard who was actually at one point linked with a move to Arsenal to go and sit on their bench behind Bernd Leno until he inevitably picked up another injury um, and rules himself out which is a real shame because he's a good goalkeeper but yeah. um, not quite Emiliano Martinez um, he signed a long term deal with the club obviously also had um, a little bit of a clangor, I would say, in the playoff final. Yeah, um, yeah. but think, he's still a good goalkeeper. He's a very, he's probably one of the best goalkeepers in the championship. He's yeah. definitely one of those goalkeepers that I would say has a lot of potential. He's um, still young. So carry, he's, he's still young. young. 
He's got a lot of potential to carry Brentford up the table. Um, but yeah, like we said, like we said with Preston, Barcuzian we believe is still suspended um, despite the debate that we had and, uh, yeah, last Preston week. Also signed Emil Riss Jakobsen. Um, now that mate. Thank you. Um, from Randers SC uh, in Denmark, uh, and he's a Danish under twenty one striker. So you know he's he's playing at youth international level, which is good. Um, but just to go back to. Um, Brentford, you look at goalkeepers, I think Raya is only around mid-twenties. Goalkeepers yeah. don't tend to peak till late their 20s, late early 20s, 30s. early 30s. So, yeah, he's got a lot of years ahead of him. And I think, like I said, he's one, probably one of the best goalkeepers in the Championship and really does have How long potential. is it till? How long is it till, do you know? Um, Four years, five years? Okay, you, you're the one who saw this. I, I was unaware yeah, of this believe, until you pointed this one out to me. I wanted to say 20, 2023 or 2024. I'm not 100% sure. So, uh, so either way, it's, it's, a, it's three or more years, I believe. Yeah. Right, so moving it's a, it's a on to the final game of the weekend, the later of the two kickoffs on the Sunday, Stoke City against Birmingham City. Stoke yeah. City, again, similar to Brentford, um, competing in Carabao Cup action during the week and pulling off a victory against Aston Villa to set them up the home tie against Tottenham Hotspur in the next round. Now, I know Stoke City fans would, would in um, normal times, be absolutely revelling at the fact of a big Premier League um, club coming back to their ground, unfortunately not being the case um, at the minute. But let's look at the league perspective and look at this fixture in a bit of detail. Um, Stoke have won their last three games in all competitions. Yes, um, one of them was against Gillingham and League One side, but we can't ignore the fact that they have um, been... Well, that kicked off their winning run. It's kicked off this this little winning stint. Uh, They've beaten Gillingham, Preston and Aston Villa in their last three. Uh, In seven of Stoke's last seven games... They have they um, in the whole game. So what they've scored and what they conceded, there have been three or less goals. Um, and in seven of Birmingham's last eight, there have been three or less goals. So this, um, as much as Stoke are kind of going and winning, if Stoke aren't going to win this one, by kind of by and large of what the stats are saying, you'd assume it's probably going to be quite a small marginal victory. If not, Birmingham started the season quite well as well. Birmingham, start, Birmingham, I believe, are still unbeaten. Yeah, exactly. They're one win, two draws. So it's an interesting one. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah, I think it, it really could go either way. Obviously, Stoke has no news, and Birmingham, uh, uh, John is progress- progressing well with injury recovery. I don't know if he'll be available for Birmingham this weekend, but he could be a big player. Um, so yeah. just just for those teams, before we kind of wrap up, um, kind of a bit of a, our little preview, so to speak, um, that as much as we say Stoke have no news and Birmingham have only got the one player recovering, it's actually quite good. Um, obviously, we've just gone through all of these teams saying these, the, um, this player's left, there's an injury, here's an injury. I think, especially at this point of the season, I don't know if you boys will agree with me, um, it's quite good for a team to be able to hold that um, solidarity to well, find their um, line. have no injury. I would just like to say that game is on a Sunday, their team news hasn't come out. That is very true. However, obviously, I think if we if we've picked up on anything, yeah, there's going to be like a big if there's anything major, we'd have picked up yeah. on that by now. Um, I mean, you may get little things, and there may be people that are unavailable after um, the midweek game if they were kind of depending on how they would have chosen to rotate the squad. Obviously, they did play a Premier League side, Aston Villa, but I think. We'll wrap up um, the kind of previews and beach fixture there, and we'll go into predictions for the week. Um, I will let Tom, you kick us off for commentary Bournemouth. What have you said for this one? Okay, so for commentary Bournemouth, I have gone for a 2-1 win for Bournemouth. I think we discussed it, and both teams are strong in attack, but I think think Bournemouth will just edge this one. Only just. Right, just. I disagree. I think Bournemouth absolutely smashed commentary. Commentary have only just come up from um, League One. Mm -hmm. As a shot, I don't think anyone actually expected them to come up um, at no, the start of the that league one season. I think Ipswich were the favourites who did finish like mid table, but we'll, uh, we'll move on. Um, I had to sneak that, that one in there. Did you um, know he's a Norwich fan? Has he, has he mentioned yet that Duka Dogma is a Norwich City fan? Can't imagine my team losing to Huddersfield and penalties, but oh well. Um, anyway, I'm going to carry on. So, obviously, my prediction for Bournemouth Coventry. Can't imagine my team being a yo yo club. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we've got Tom here. Because he'll move us on. Right, um, uh, Coventry Bournemouth. I do think it'll be 3-0 to Bournemouth. I just, like I say, Coventry have just come up from League One and they were a shock promotion. Yeah, they won the league, but it was a shock. And I was, for this one, and for Bournemouth me... Bournemouth were a shock relegation. 
So I'm gonna. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, I think just a better side overall. If he's three I've gone for the middle ground of these two. This one, I do think Bournemouth are going to score three goals, but I also think Coventry are going to score. I can't see Bournemouth keeping a clean sheet um, as solid as they are. Oh, Steve, Co- come back. Co- Coventry have proven that they can score against some very decent teams. Three, they obviously put three past QPR not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Norwich Derby. Tom, what do you think? Um, I've gone for a 2-0 Norwich win. I think Derby's defensive record speaks for itself. Um, and Norwich, obviously, coming down from the Premier League, still do have the quality, especially if Wendy is back as well. So I reckon they'll score two. Yeah, I think Norwich City yeah. fan, Ducker, what yeah. do you think your Norwich City <laughs> boys are going to um, come out with? I'm going to keep mentioning Norwich City just for you. What are the Yellows going to produce this weekend? What are your yellows? Bit, your yellows. It's a bit intense. Because um, you support Norwich. Right, can I speak? <laughs> is, that, is that right? Um, it all depends if Wendy starts personally. Um, do I think he's going to leave? Probably not. It's only three, three days left of the transfer window, is it? Three days left of international transfers. International transfers. Premier League teams could still yeah, be Premier League teams will be interesting. Yeah, um, but international transfers. But um, it all depends if we start Wendy. If we don't start Wendy, we're not going to have that creativity and I doubt we'll score many goals. Whether we'll concede many, I don't know, because Derby obviously aren't good. They just aren't good, are they? <laughs> um, but no, if Wendy starts, and I'm, I think he will start because um, Cadwell will be off um, and Lachetta is out injured, as we mentioned in team news. So I'm going to go with a 3-1 win for Norwich. Um, I... <laughs> throwing me off there. Um, I've gone for a 2-1 win to Norwich, pretty much how these guys have laid it out. Um, I do think Norwich have got enough to win the game. Um, however, I do think that they have shown in weeks gone by that they are susceptible to concede and Derby obviously yeah. at this at, at some point Derby have got to try and start to bring this kind of torrid start to an end um, I do think they're capable of scoring which they have obviously proven over the years and they have got the quality in that squad to do so um, I reckon they will um, I'll kick us off into Swansea Millwall I reckon Swansea are going to do a 2-0 I can't see them conceding um, I think they look very very solid um, as we've highlighted and Millwall will probably struggle with this one I think what are you thinking Dunker? Um obviously I think both teams are really do cancel each other out I think like we said Swansea have kept for clean sheets in all three of their yeah, games yeah. and uh, Millwall are traditionally a Brexit, Brexit size yeah. so to speak um, so I do think Swansea will have a better over because I think Swansea just overall are a better team and I do see them yeah. doing very well this season um, uh, I'm going to go with one nil Swansea I think it'll be a very uh, tightly contested game uh, yeah I've copied Josh I've uh, just gone for a standard 2-0 I think Swansea will just be too good for Mill and um, moving on then to Blackburn Cardiff I've gone for a 2 for this one I think it'll be a very very good game for a neutral I think um, lots of chances between five teams but they'll be even um, I think this is going to be one of the games of the weekend personally I think both teams are good and Cardiff have had a yeah, maybe they have had a bit of an inconsistent start to the season, but you know, nevertheless, they are still a very good championship side and a very good outfit in this league, and are capable of scoring goals. We've seen in recent weeks. However, Blackburn, who are even more capable of scoring goals, I think it's just going to be a case of outscoring each other. Um, I don't think Blackburn will keep a clean sheet against Cardiff. They're just too good a side. However, I think Blackburn will win, and I believe the score will be three-two. I'm, for this one, I kind of will debate that one a slight bit. Obviously, um, watching my team last week, um, Cardiff really didn't look like scoring. I know they did score. It was a very scrappy goal. Um, but I don't think they really looked all too dangerous. And I've kind of based my prediction off that. I reckon Blackburn are going to win this one 2-0. Uh, moving on to Luton Wickham. Tom, what do you reckon? I've gone for 0-0. I think Luton looked poor against us. So you're us. back in Wickham to edge their first point in the championship. I, do. I think Luton looked poor against us. Um, except from that one like massive opportunity just before we scored. Um, they didn't look like scoring particularly. And neither did Wickham. So I've gone for 0-0. Josh? I think for this one, I went for a 2-1. I think um, Wickham will finally get that goal that they are looking for. Um, however, I don't think they're going to be able to do enough, unfortunately, to get that point. Um, I reckon Luton, like you kind of said earlier, are going to look to really bounce back from that Derby loss. Um, just straight up 2-0. Luton are just comfortably a better side than Wickham, I'm afraid. I don't see Wickham getting anything out of the game. Um, Sheffield Wednesday QPR. Ducker, what do you reckon? 2-1. Um, Sheffield Wednesday have actually had a very good start to the season. They're unbeaten um, and they're gaining the points. And uh, like I said in the podcast last Not week... Not quite unbeaten. They did actually lose at the, um, 
the weekend, didn't they? To Wednesday? They lost to Bristol City, did they not? Don't think Sheffield Wednesday played Bristol City, did they? I'm fairly sure they were the Sunday game last week. I, we'll, have a look, we'll have a look through the notes, because I want to prove you wrong. I don't think they did. Um, I'm fairly sure they did. Oh, they did. My mistake, the they Sunday were unbeaten previous to that. They have been beaten. Um, that's my mistake. I'm probably thinking of a different team. Um, no, but I still think they've got too much firepower. I think, sh- um, yeah, I'm going to go with a... 2-1 win. I think QPR have just lost too many players. I, I agree with you there. I can't see Sheffield keeping a clean sheet, unfortunately. I've also gone for a 2-1 win for Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, I've also gone for a Sheffield Wednesday win, but I've gone for 2-0. I just think they will keep a clean sheet this weekend. They kept a clean sheet against you, I guess. So. Yeah. Um, moving on to the, the main one for us, um, Reading versus Watford. We'll start off with the neutral. Ducker, what are we saying? Like I said, very highly contested game because uh, Reading topped the league in a minute, but Watford without conceding a goal. However, I think Reading do have enough firepower if they can keep Lucas Shell fit. Uh, and if Yaku Maitai, is he, could he be back? I think he's likely to play. He's likely to play. Um, so it's, it's more Chow yeah. and then obviously the issue that we've got at the right-back position with no senior right-backs available. Well, sounds, I still think it'd be a one I think I think both teams just cancel each other out. Um, but yeah, it'll be a good clash. Uh, I've gone for the same. I've got, but I've gone for a nil-nil. I think um, Watford. We've only scored twice all season, um, but we have also, as I mentioned earlier, looked very, very good defensively. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for a nil-nil draw, Josh. Uh, so I've been the pessimist of the two fans of the clubs in this fixture. I think that um, Watford are going to win this one two-one. Um, I've gone with the logic that Luca Jow won't play. Um, I think that if he does play, it will be a different outcome, personally, um, which is really bad to kind of base a prediction based on one person. Um, however, I think it's kind of, for me, he's that important for us going forward, um, that he is our danger man. Um, I do back us to score against you, even, with, even without him. We've looked very tidy in front of goal, and we've got the quality to be able to do so. However, I just think you're going to be too strong for us. Right. Like we know, you do like to score against. Let's move on to the next game, Middlesbrough versus Barnsley. Tom, what you gone with? Uh, I've gone for a 1-0 Middlesbrough. Um, I don't think it's going to be a particularly enjoyable game for a neutral, um, but I think Middlesbrough will just edge it. Josh? I went for a one-all draw for this Interesting. one. I think, it, yeah, it's a very out there one. I've kind of very much looked at the fact that Barnsley um, did beat them in the Carabao Cup 2-0 um, earlier this year. So I'm backing them to kind of pull something out of the hat here. I've just gone for a 2-0 for Middlesbrough. I uh, just think Middlesbrough is just too strong for Barnsley, who just look horrific this season. Um, next game, Nottingham Forest versus Bristol City. Um... For me, they're carrying on their 100% win rate. Um, I can't see them dropping points here. Like we do say, every team who's in a slump has got to start their resurgence somewhere. I just can't see not them being against the Bristol City team. Who are effectively top of the league? No, argumentatively, yes. Argumentatively, no. I'm, I've had many a debate right, just... and seen many a debate on that one. Um, that's not relevant. I do think that Bristol will win this one. and It's going to be 2-0 to Bristol for me. Uh, yeah, so top of the league, Bristol. Um, yeah, two one for me. Um, I just it's it's gonna be a tight game. I think Nottingham Forest will show some fight in this game, but I think Bristol, like I say, they were today out of the league, so I think they're just gonna carry on that run. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with both of them. I think Nottingham Forest will get a goal, um, but I think Bristol will just be too strong, mm. and they will three one. Moving on to Rotherham Huddersfield, I've gone for a one all draw. Again, not a very exciting game for a neutral. Um, both teams look a little bit lacklustre at the moment, but they'll both finish the game with a point. Yeah, I think this is uh, this season will show that Roth from are going to be a championship side and they will stay up personally. And I think they, you know, a good draw versus Hudders will be good for them. Uh, so I come with Tom one one. I'm a bit different to these guys again. I think Huddersfield are just going to edge it out in the end. I've gone for a Huddersfield 2-1 away victory. It's a bit of the Yorkshire derby as well. This one, it isn't is. It? It's a, it's a, like I say, again, potential to be a little bit of a meaty game. But um, again, the fans will be missing out on that one. And I'll keep reiterating that until the point where we can right. go back. Well, we'll move on to the next game. Brentford versus Preston. Josh, what are you going with? I... Um, have seen a lot from Brentford, especially notably their game against Fulham, obviously. 
yes, Brentford didn't put out a first string team, neither did Fulham. They absolutely walked all over them. They embarrassed Fulham. Um, and I think they could do the same to Preston here. Preston have struggled to really kick off at the start. Um, I think they're going to absolutely... They're going to find their stride again. And I really believe that um, the players that they've got up front, and Waymo, Ivan Tony, and most importantly, I think, for the catalyst of that attack, Saeed Ben-Rahma, um, to have... That's how you pronounce the name. That is a hell of a pronunciation. I was it's, not expecting That's how you pronounce the name. Ben Rama. We set him off now. I think Brentford are going to win 3 0. Uh, I've gone for a 2 1 Brentford win. As I was just saying, Brentford were just way too strong for Fulham uh, in midweek. Um, and now they'll, they'll show that again by winning 2 1. So I've gone with a 1 1 with this one. I think. Preston offense attack is really underrated. Maguire's a very, very decent striker. Scott Sinclair's a very good winger. Yes, it might be without Mark Harrison, but obviously I've never seen uh, Emil Rich Jakobsen's just signed from. He, he may only be just a Danish player, twenty one, but he could be a good addition to him. Um, do you boys want to start us off for the final game? Yes, Stoke one, Birmingham. One. What do we reckon? Oh, I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, nil nil. Uh, I can't see it being particularly interesting game. I think for the highlights, it'll probably be last. Um, just can't see it being any fun to watch, particularly. We'll be lucky if we get a shot on target. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually am slightly begging to differ. Again, I think Stoke have just got to edge it. I do think it's going to be a tight, cagey affair. Um, I have backed Stoke to win the game 1-0 all in all. Um, so that does wrap up the predictions for this episode. Um, what I will say, just a big thank you for all of the support we've had um, on the first episode of the podcast um, I know I'm saying that speaking on behalf of Lewis who isn't here and speaking on behalf of Ducker who is still here um, I'm not speak and <laughs> I think, again I'll speak on behalf of Ducker and say thank you um, Tom yeah, for your Tom. time thank you for coming along and we've really enjoyed having you with us um, for this episode of the podcast thank you um, just to everyone listening in if you have enjoyed this episode of the podcast and you haven't checked out episode one um, the links to the Spotify if you're watching on YouTube will be in the description um, and then Spotify if you just want to watch the highlights uh, uh, on YouTube if you're listening on the Spotify our YouTube link will be in the bio there um, and so will our socials so if you want to keep up to date on all the weekend's action in the championship head to our Twitter and Instagram to well catch the news basically um, anyway um, we'll, we'll, we'll be back around for episode 3 to review these um, predictions and we'll review everything that's happened um, at some point next week we will obviously also be bringing you um, some we'll call them special episodes ones that aren't just predicting and reviewing things that aren't necessarily just the kind of ordinary that you might expect so what they'll I will be out say, on the YouTube channel I believe we're going to upload those into the YouTube channel what I will say is just stay tuned um, and like I did highlight thank you again to Tom for being here if people Cheers have enjoyed me. Tom let us know we'll um, try and convince him to come back and we'll look to do things like getting Tom and, um, and other championship fans involved because we do enjoy hearing more than just me droning on about Reading and, and me going Dukka on about Norwich constantly going on about Norwich 24-7 Norwich all you do but once again to wrap up thank you very much for tuning in um, check out the socials if you haven't already drop us a follow drop us a like Mess, drop us a message let us know what you think um, I think mostly all we can say is again thank you for the support thank you for tuning in and we will see you and speak to you again in episode 3 that is the longest goodbye I've ever heard Josh we'll see you long. later but hey